It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery, and they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code EPR10 when used on their website, phantombrew.com will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. Lafondra looking to get side of Bond. Lafondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Well, 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 we've made it. We've almost made it to the mid-season break. And it's about time too, because Reading Football Club is tanking down the table at the moment. I think we've only won one of our last hundred games or something like that. And uh, it's just under two weeks until we all jet off to the humanitarian nightmare that is the World Cup in Qatar. But two of us that haven't made the call up today, Gareth Southgate hasn't called upon the services of me, Jacob Southcline, Reading fan, and Ant Northgraves from To Hull and Back podcast. He's a Hull fan. And uh, it's a good job too, because they're who we're playing this weekend uh, in our final fixture before the Christmas break. It's quite novel to be having a Christmas break, isn't it, Ant? Yeah, it's going to be strange. I think um, a few teams, maybe us and yourselves, probably might actually benefit from um, a bit of a mid-season break, sort of, you know, break that cycle of a, a bit of bad form and get some uh, structure hmm. and organisation back into the teams. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how teams sort of um, respond to it afterwards. Because, um, like we say, it's, it's something that, that I've never seen uh, since we followed football in England. It's, it's certainly an odd one, but an interesting one definitely yeah it's 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 all about regrouping like you say and you know reading you started the season like a house on fire their house is now actually on fire and we are <laughs> we're dropping like a stone but um in the meantime like back in september you guys changed manager uh, you dispensed with the services of a show to Arvaladzi, and i think the club was 20th Hullwood 20th when that change was made and and things are slightly bright you are 19th now but it's funny because we're talking about the league table as if there's this massive gulf in between, you know, Reading and Hull, when there isn't really. I mean, you're 19th on 24 points. We're 13th on 26 points. And it's such a compacted league at the moment. And because of that, and because there's so many question marks about how you guys have been getting on, because your form is patchy, 
I suppose you're the best person to ask. I mean, how have you guys been getting on? Are, are you performing to expectations or behind expectations? What's going on, Ant? Um, in terms of how we're performing in, um, in relation to expectation, that would probably differ from whatever City fan you asked. Um, <laughs> I think we, you know, we, for a few years, obviously, we had we had the alarms as owners and the club was only going in one direction. We had no investment and they had no intention really to put us back in the Premier League. They were just, you know, they were more interested in just keeping the club afloat and making sure their own finances were safe. So uh, ambition wise, it's not been there for a while. Um, so I think partnered up with obviously the, the new takeover with, with the owner who looks like he's going to be ambitious. Uh, he's got big plans. Um, he's been amazing with the fans, doing and saying the right things. Partnered that with a very, very busy summer. I think a few people, maybe myself included, I think at times probably maybe got a bit uh, caught up in the whole um, excitement of it and expected mm. maybe a top 10 slash playoff push. But realistically, I think if you'd have gone back before the 18 signings were made, we'd, we'd have probably said, you know, let's let's up for a mid-table push. Let's not be in a relegation fight this season. I think that's the most realistic aim. I think that's the kind of um, position that, that the owner expected us to be in. Um, and I don't think, obviously, the beginning of the season with Shotter, I just don't think he adapted to the league quick enough. Um in order to, I mean, it's hard as well because we've had such an injury curse. Um, I think we've had at least like 10 players injured since the start of the season and that regularly rotates mm. and we've still probably not seen our strongest 11 and it's forever changing and we've had, you know, it's 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 a lot of players to try and bed into a, into a team and a new country for most as well. So it's been a very, like you say, it's been a very patchy start. I think you can tell that it's a new team. You can tell that they're forming new partnerships. <clears throat> You've got players like Siri who have jumped from, you know, title winning Fulham to a team lingering down the bottom, so it's maybe a bit of a culture shock to him too. Um, but realistically, I think, you know, like you say, the league's so close that, yeah, okay, we're in 19th, 20th, but you put together two or three wins and you're in the top six. So yeah. it, it's, it's such a close and bizarre league that, you know, no matter how bad we are at the minute, you just know that if you go on a good run, you can recover it and you can be okay again. Um, but it, we just have to sort the defence out. That's our biggest problem. We're <laughs> just leaking goals left, right and centre. I think it's 37 we've conceded this season, which is ridiculous. Oof. Yeah, I mean, it's strange because it's been a bit of a turnaround in that regard for Reading because, you know, for the first time ever, I mean, even though, you know, our form is is, is rubbish at the moment, all of a sudden our defence, even though we seem to have to patch it up most weeks, is is all right this season. It's funny, we do these previews every week and, and we're coming up against more and more fans who are saying, oh, well, the defence isn't as good as it was last season. It's, it's you know, it's really mm. strange that that's one that we have seemed to crack this season and we have the one of... You know, not very many. So, but you know, you mentioned the injury list. As far as other comparisons to Reading go, you know, it's not often that I do one of these and the opposition have more injuries than us. But God, <laughs> I mean, an absolute litany of injuries over in the whole. I'm just going. And this down. is about half as. And this is about half as short as it was about four weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, and you know, still some like big absentees. I know that uh, Oscar Estupinian like started the season really well for you guys, and is suspended for this one. He's mm. he's uh, second instalment of his three match ban. Big loss for you guys. But you know, just before we go on and talk about the injuries a little more, I mean, you, you talk about having to bed in like a new roster of players. We've seen that, you know, not just in the championship this year with clubs like Cardiff, who again have like signed a load of players and are in a similar position to us two teams. You know, you look at the likes of Nottingham Forest and the way that, you know, a manager has to bed in so many players so quickly. And, you know, if it is a new league and a new country, it's, it's an impossible job. And, you know, you guys have now signed a face familiar to Reading fans as your manager in Liam Rossinia. You know, you played 
the 60, 70 odd games to running back in time. But, you know, is, has there been a market improvement with him at the helm? I mean, he's not been around long, has he? No, he's only had two games, but uh, we are unbeaten, uh, unbeaten in both of those games. So we've got four points from, I mean, if you're going to get your, you know, your first proper job in management and your first game's Millwall, Millwall away, you know, you, you've been, you've literally been chucked in the deep end there, aren't you? But, um, you know, we've, we, we played, he, he's come in and he's promising because the owner's well documented. He wants to play this possession-based, entertaining style of football. He wants to bring fans into the ground. He wants them to be entertained from the first minute to last with bags of goals. If that's 4-3 in our favour or 4-3 in the other team's favour, he's not bothered. He wants entertainment. We weren't getting that under Shotter. Performances were really poor. Uh, Dawson sort of steadied the ship, got a bit more work ethic going. And then obviously Rosie's come in and we've become very possession-based. So it's, it's very strange because as a City fan, I've never seen a side play this way, uh, a whole City side play this way. So we will absolutely focus on the short passing game. So we're trying to play out from the back. It's causing risks. You know, we conceded a goal against Cardiff in that fashion. So like you said, these players are going to get used to it. Um, so there's going to be mistakes along the way, but he'll take the full brunt of that because once you get to a point where everybody's comfortable with it, it's going to work in our favour, absolutely. He wants to tire the opposition out. He wants you to be chasing shadows all game. So it's a lot of passing. You know, he wants to finish the game with 60 plus percent of the ball. Uh, and, and in these two games, you know, nil-nil draw at weight Millwall. And we had 10 men from the 37th minute onwards. Fantastic result, especially considering we've only had one clean sheet all season before mm -hmm. that point. Uh, and then a, a win against Cardiff. Um, you know, we started very well. First half, we were absolutely dominant. Gave away a silly goal. Conceded um, uh, in our usual fashion of, you know, not really defending. But then somehow recovered it and scored two goals in two minutes. Um, but we just looked so much better going forward. And I know it's only been two games. Um, but possession-wise, barring the one error against Cardiff, um, we look very strong. Uh, the players look like they, they understand what they're doing. The roles are obvious. Um, we look very structured defensively and we conceded two against Cardiff. Um, but like we say, one was... But they were both really from our own doing. So if you can, you know, eliminate those individual errors, um, we'll be doing okay. But yeah, we look we look a lot better. So it'd be interesting to see how we do in his first home game. Um, you know, he's really looking forward to this. I think there's um, going to be quite a decent crowd as well. Um, so... Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to see how we do. Like you say, we're missing Est opinion, but um, the, the last few games he hasn't started anywhere, barring the Millwall one. Um, he scored eight goals this season, but he scored those in four games. Wow. So okay. Yeah, so it's a bit, you know, he's he scored a lot of goals, but he, he hasn't mm. spread them out kind of thing. You know, he scored a hat-trick and then a, a couple of braces. So, uh, it's yeah, he's, he's very physical, but he's going to be the type of striker, I think, that will get you 20, 25 goals in a side that provides for him. And we weren't doing that. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what, what it's like after the World Cup, uh, World Cup break. But Longman's fair enough there at the minute. You know, he's doing well. He's scored a couple of goals in the last few games as well. So, yeah, marked improvement, definitely. And it's exciting to see what Rosie can do with us. Yeah, and it's funny. You, you get those players that, you know, score all their goals, like in fits and spurts. I mean, the one that comes to mind for Reading was that uh, we had um, a Portuguese lad a few years back, uh, Orlando Sarr. Who scored? Mm. Like people really like fondly like reminisce like on, on his time in Berkshire, but then he only scored like he scored a hat trick against Ipswich. I think he got sent off maybe like the next game or so. And and like you look on paper and you're like, oh, he scored a few goals for us, but it was only in like two games. So yeah, um, yeah no, it's um, but no, it's the opinion. I know that people were sort of very obviously looking at. Um, I was I was um, watching um, a West Brom post match. Um, from when they played you guys, and they said that he looked quite handy. But interesting that he hasn't been starting for you guys. But we've had that with um, Lucas Zhao, who's a player that everyone was expecting to 
start more of the season for us and he's only been featuring like you know in in every other game so but um we're talking about like Rossinia and the impact he's had on you guys and the fact that he's got his first home game and you know the home form for me is fascinating because you know looking at your home form recently I mean having lost six of your last seven home matches um it's it's a case of um the movable object meeting the stoppable force because <laughs> Reading have failed to win their last five away matches so one of those records has to end either our terrible away record or your terrible recent home record I mean you've got the new manager bounce on your side I mean do you reckon this is a winnable game for you lot I mean I know you know we're similar in terms of points but you know it's 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 not looking good for running fans going into this one I'll say that much Am. Mm, well you see, I think most City fans would say the same thing. Like you say, we're both really in similar boats, aren't we? <laughs> it's very odd because our home form last season was was a strong point and then it switched. It's like we can't be good at home and away. It could only be one of them. So last season, we were really good at home, terrible away. Then finished the season like seven unbeaten away, but couldn't win at home. Or it flipped the other way, something like that. Then we started this season really well at home, winning like the first three or four, I think, on the bounce. And we couldn't win away for the first six games. And that was totally switched. And now we're four and beaten away. We can't win at home. So it's, it's really bizarre. Um, I'm hoping that with it being, obviously, like you say, Rosie's first home game, I think the crowd will be, you know, a bit more livelier than they've been in recent weeks. I think the players will be up for it. I think Rosie will be up for it. Uh, and like you say, Reading's form is 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 in our favour at the minute. You know, we, we've played really strong the last two games. We're looking a lot better. Um, so I'm hoping that that buoyancy can continue. Um, these are the kind of games that you, I mean, you guys could say the same thing. These are the kind of games you want to be focusing on for three points if you're wanting to budge up the table. You've got to beat those teams in, that are going to be in and around you, you know, in that mid table slash lower table thing. And to me, it's just about you know, our defense is so poor, so we've got to most of the time score two goals to win a game because we can't we can't stop shipping goals in, and I think we concede an average of two a game so. You know that that could maybe be a positive in your your obviously sense, um, but for us, it's just all about. You know, I think if we score first, I think we'll go on to win it. But I think if Reading score first, it'll be the opposite. I think we'll be chasing the game too much, which is a a, a, a pattern that's been emerging at home lately. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once; it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I think it's going to be a goal fest. Because, I'm again, I'm looking at the stats. I feel like, um, who's the geezer off pointless? Richard Osman. I feel like Richard Osman with his laptop in the corner, like, bring up all the <laughs> stats, like, as we record. But, I mean, you guys have scored against Reading, like, in your last three home matches against Reading in all competitions, you've scored at least two against us. 
And, you know, coupled with what you're saying about, you know, your, your defence and whatnot, I mean, I would not be surprised to see, it, yeah. you know, four, a 3-2 three. Three, or 4-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, last match before the break. It, it has that feeling of, you know, how you always get like a chaotic, really final fixture of like the Premier League season. Yeah. Where anything can happen. It just, I, I, you know, bring on the 5-4 the is what I'm saying. But Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if we're talking about the players getting goals in that game, then um, like who are the players to look out for? Whole wise because you know I've, I'm thinking of players that you've lost in like recent times like you know George Honeyman you know and and you know you've you've had some like class players on your books I mean Jared Bowen went a couple of seasons ago didn't he but you know in terms of who running fans should be looking out for as the danger men for Hull who are they? Um, at the minute, obviously um, Oscar's not going to be involved at all, so he won't be coming on off the bench, so I can scratch him off the list. Um, but recently. Um, because it's quite, we've got a, a team full of very versatile players that can play pretty much anywhere. So, like Regan Slater, for example, we signed him last season on loan. Uh, the season before on loan in League One is like a sitting midfielder, and he's sort of like progressed as we've signed him. Um, and he, he played left wing against Cardiff and got himself two goals when he was shifted into a number ten position. But that's also where Pelcast scored from. So we've got Pelcast and Slater that are both in form, scoring goals from a similar position, um, and Longman. He's one of these who he's not a massive goal threat, but he 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 showed against Rotherham and Blackpool that he can sort of pick up um, like a poacher esque goal from the. And I mean, last season all he did was score weldies, and he switched it this season. He's sort of scoring tappings from the six yard box, so he's mixing it up a bit. But um, yeah, he's he's a goal threat. I mean, the thing is, is there's not many goals in our team at the minute. Two fans got a couple. Pelcast has got a couple since coming in. Um, I feel like he's getting better now as as he's acclimatising to the championship because he was. One of our most exciting signings was Pelkas. He's Greek international, uh, came on loan from Fenerbahce and, you know, he came with massive hype. He was one that the owner desperately wanted to bring in and he was quite underwhelming the first few games, but he's, he's finding his groove now. So I'm hoping that he can continue his reign of form. Um, and like I said, I think Slater is one of the most underrated midfielders in the league. I think, you know, our chant for him is 50 grand Riga Slater because we, we bought him for 50k from Sheffield United, which in modern football is basically free. Yeah, and he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's my player of the season so far, and he's not had much plaudits from anybody outside of Hull City, which I kind of guess is a good thing because it keeps clubs away from you know sniffing about too much. Um, but at the moment, they're our biggest goal threats to Pelcast and Slater, uh, and then Longman will be playing up through the middle, I would imagine. So um, they'd be our biggest threats at the minute. Yeah, and Slater with a brace in midweek, so you know he's coming into this one in form. And, you know, Reading have got suspensions and injuries and whatnot all over the place. I mean, it's more so injuries. We've um, typically, Joe Lumley, our keeper, it's never good when you see your keeper substituted mm. in the first half of a game. But um, Joe Lumley had to come off injured for his midweek against Watford. Uh, we only managed one shot on target ourselves in that game. So problems at both ends of the pitch for Reading. But Dean Bazanis, who's coming in in between the sticks um, for Reading this week. I mean, he's he's been a perfectly fine deputy. So as long as you don't test us too much, you know, I'd mm. like to think we'd be fine. But in terms of your league position, then, Ant, I mean, it's looking at the moment like it's going to be maybe another lower to mid-table finish. You know, you don't want to get dragged into a relegation scrap. Realistically, I mean, you, we talked about expectations earlier in the pod. Where are you hoping to end up? Because, I mean, we've still got to do another one of these pods in like a few months' time. Yeah. But where do you reckon Hull are going to be in the table by the time we speak to you next? Um, 
You see, I, it's frustrating. I think the most frustrating thing with City fans at the minute is that, you know, we understand how good this team can be. Um, we, we had a huge um, recruitment drive in the summer because the standard of the squad we had was, you know, League One. Um, we stayed up last season very well. You know, the, the, both the managers, McCann and Avaladzi, did really well with the, the players that they had at their disposal. Um, we lacked, you know, it was more or less Keane Lewis Potter, you know, was the main man. 12 goals last season from and he played in like left wing back for most of it too um so you know he was pretty much our main man last season losing him you got that worry um but i think the biggest thing for us at the minute is is that because we've had so many players out it's impossible to say what this squad's capable of so you know we're down there at the minute you know scrapping it out um to stay out of the bottom three but we are missing and, and i think the two biggest misses we've had all season was um, Benjamin Tete, the Ghanaian international um, we brought in in the summer, started the season very well, plays him as like a, a wide target man. Um, and his link up with Oscar was was brilliant. You know, they brought the best out of each other. And then Alias Admanesh is the Iranian wonder kid. Might be, I don't know if he's in the, the Iran squad for World Cup, but he might be playing against England. Um, but he is the kind of player that stretches defences. And, you know, he was, I think last season, actually, I brought my daughter to Reading at home when we won 3-0. Uh, Paul Ince did a very strange press conference afterwards talking about golf for about 10 minutes. I don't know what he was on about. Um, but we, we, he was absolutely phenomenal that game. I think that was the best game he had in the whole City shirt. And that kind of, you know, progressive directness, running at the defence, um, asking questions, making defenders focus on him, created space for players like Tufan and Siri to do what they did best and create goals for people like Oscar. And then, like we said, we had Tete out on the other side. Losing both of them from injury coincided with our bad run of form. And I think that's for good reason, because those two were absolutely pivotal to the way we were playing because of all the other injuries we've had. I mean, if you think about it, we've signed players like Harvey Vale from Chelsea, who's, you know, the England under-21 captain. Fantastic player. Can't get in the team at the minute. I mean, he's been injured, um, but he's coming back from it. Xavier Simons on loan for Chelsea. We've got so many players. Um, Salah Ladmahand, who was a, a very, very... Uh, another wonder kid from Arsenal who I'd say... Brilliant really name as well. Salah yeah. Ladmahand. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a player. Stands on yeah. Salah's hand. <laughs> Um, but Arteta was not very happy that Arsenal sent him out on loan with an option to buy because he really wanted to keep him which I think you know when a manager doesn't want to lose a player that young it says a lot about their potential yeah Yeah. so we've got players like that to come back and the attacking potential in the team is so high like we say Pelkas is acclimatising now two fans get finding his feet Cerise starting to dictate games again Um, and I'm hoping that if we finish strongly with a win against Reading you know, Rosini has then got a, you know, a month to work on his style of player to incorporate and we can come back. Tete and Aliar should be back afterwards so we can, you know, start to then see what this team can really do. I think we realistically should be a mid-table team and I think it should, you know, finish with a promising position for us to build next summer for to get Rosie's full plan into action for potentially a playoff push next season. Yeah, I mean, I like Liam Rosini. I, I think he's a sensible bloke. He's got his head screwed on. Um, you know, the work he was doing behind the scenes at, at Derby, you know, it's, he seems to have left that, you know, with, with a relatively like good reputation. And, mm. and you know, like in a similar way to, you know, us having briefly seen Liam Rossini at, at Reading. I mean, you were talking about the 3-0 hammering you um, handed out mm. to us last season at your place and um, the press conference that Tom Ince, uh, Paul Ince gave afterwards. But like Tom Ince, I, I forget that he played for you guys. I think it was only yeah. maybe a handful of appearances. He's not, he's not, he's not looked upon very fondly here, is Tom Ince. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember Nathaniel last season on the preview saying something similar. I mean, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? 
Well, it was a strange one because we signed him in the Premier League uh, when Steve Bruce was manager, and he he was part of like a a transfer window in which we signed you know a plethora of really promising attacking players that you know give you that sort of optimism to think, do you know what we're going to try and establish ourselves in this league? This looks good. I think we signed you know Gasson Ramirez, Hatton Ben Arfa, um, uh, Mohamed Diame, those kind of players we were bringing in, and Tom Ince was one of those, and. Um, I remember the hype of him signing because the season that um, we first got promoted under Brucey uh, and like the, the best player, the best three players in the league, I thought that season were um, Wilfred Zaha at Palace, Tom Ince at Blackpool, and then Sonny Aluko with us. Um, and the, how Tom Ince played that season, and sort of remembering that kind of player and thinking, Do you know what, we signed someone really brilliant here. And we've got Ince and Aluko in the same team, so we've got a, sort of got two of the uh, the the, the, the tri- trifecta, but. He just never, you know, he kept saying in play in interviews, oh, I've chosen Hull over Inter Milan, you know, that I like the project that they're building, etc. And just whenever he played, he just, he looked well below par. I just don't know if he just couldn't settle in or, you know, he didn't really make those friendships within the squad, um, which I think is impossible because we have players like Paul McShane and David Myler there. So, <laughs> you know, everyone's going to fit in there, aren't they? Um, but, you know, he just never, he never really settled and he ne- never really got any time but then whenever he plays against us he scores so <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's almost like a bit of a kick in the teeth because this is the kind of player you could have had and should have had uh, but we never did it's a shame yes. typical isn't it I mean by the way you've taken me down memory lane there not just um, mm. Paul McShane big old thumbs up we love Paul McShane over in yeah. Berkshire David Myler bloody <laughs> hell like I think we we didn't see the best of Myler but but equally the less said about Sonia Lugo the better like <laughs> yeah. some of the worst seven million pounds that we've ever spent but um but yeah Tom Ince he's been one of the brightest bursters this season I mean he's um often been our best player you know so um it'd be nice to see him pop up with one or two on the weekend which leads us nicely then Ant onto the final bit of the pod, we got to do a score prediction. And mm. uh, I say every week, I've not got one of these right yet this season. I don't think I have. So, yeah, no. I mean, why do we do it? Why do we Why do we <laughs> present podcasts, the two of us? But um, no, I think um, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And what I was saying earlier about it being a goal fest, I'd like to see us going to the World Cup break with a nifty 3-2 away win in our back pocket. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Um, what do you reckon? I'm going to say 3-2, but in our favour. Oh, lovely. 3-2 in nice. our favour. Tom Ince will get one or two for you. The, oh, honestly, guaranteed. I think every time, every time we've played a former player this season, I think they've scored. Even yeah. if we only had Gavin White on loan in League One for from January onwards. He only probably played about seven games. He still scored against us for, Car- <laughs> for Cardiff against us. So we're in yeah, one of those moments. It's the curse of the former player, you know. It's, yeah. um, it won- it's a tale as old as time, isn't it? But, um, no, thank you so much as well, Ant, for joining us for this latest no, instalment of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. Um, we're not doing one of these again for a few weeks. By the time you've no. seen me next, I might have like sprouted grey hairs and all, all whatnot. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, just before we finish off, I'd like to also very briefly give a shout out to our sponsors, the good people over at Phantom Brewing Co., down in RG1 Reading. Christmas is coming. And because of that, you can go on to the Phantom Brewing Co. website, use our uh, promotional code EPR10 at checkout to get some pennies off and uh, buy gifts for all your loved ones. And, you know, I've given them enough of a plug now, so I better finish <laughs> off. But uh, this has been me, Jacob Southcline, and Ant Northgraves from the Hull and Back podcast. To Hull and Back, you should follow them on Twitter. They're my go-to for all things Hull. And I'm feeling like in, in the mood for some, you know, whole trivia. <laughs> Jacob, 
to Hull and back. Which isn't very often from anybody. Oh, well, no, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it happens to us all. Uh, but yeah, cheers for listening, you guys. Uh, enjoy the game. Uh, enjoy the break. And we'll see you, speak to you, hear from you all soon. Bye for now. <laughs>